Hello, I'm Heather Keck. And I'm Andy Keeter. Welcome, Welcome to, to the, the 43026 podcast. Our goal is to pro- provide content to inform, promote, and unite our community. This podcast is brought to you from our studios at the Hilliard Chamber of Commerce in wonderful Old Hilliard. The Chamber has a long history of fueling connections, community growth, and helping local businesses thrive. Welcome to the 43026 podcast. Today is the Thursday, June 16th edition. Hi, Andy. Hi, Heather. How are you doing today? I am well, and how are you? I am doing great. So, today's guest is a longtime Hilliard resident. I bet many people have read his writing, but longtime This Week Hilliard newspaper reporter Kevin Corpo. We'll be right back. Welcome to the 43026 podcast. Uh, hi, Andy. Hi, Heather. How are you? Good. Did you have a good weekend? Had a really nice weekend. That's good. It was yep. nice weather. Yep. Well, it only rained a lot, but I had to go to Cincinnati for a wedding and it rained a bunch on the way down. Um, we have a pretty cool guest today, I think. Yep. We have a guest who has lived in Hilliard his whole life and has worked as a reporter covering Hilliard for a very long time and he has stories so we would like to welcome kevin corvo hi kevin hi Heather. good afternoon hi, andy welcome kevin why don't you just start by telling us about how long have you lived in hilliard I'm, I'm thinking born and raised right you went to hilliard schools i was born and raised in hilliard and i wonder sometimes um, of the 33,000 or so people, I think, is that the population? Yeah, it's about, about right, now? yeah. Uh, sometimes I wonder, I guess, have I lived here longer than 75%? Yeah, probably. 80%? Do you think it's that high? I do. Um, I, do I, don't, I don't know for sure. Uh, my parents moved here in 1972. Okay. Uh, my mom still lives in the same house on Edler Street, uh, and I was born and raised here. So about the time I started kindergarten in 1975 is the barometer I have on a pretty good recollection of where things were and how things were. Two lane roads virtually everywhere. I'm sure. I remember the Burger Chef on Cemetery Road. Um, train trucks. Oh my gosh, that's a name I haven't heard in a long time. Burger Chef. I can't. Oh yeah, I bet I haven't been to one of those since the 80s. Yeah. Do they, are they still a franchise? I don't. I don't, I don't so. know. I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, the train tracks crossed twice, both on, uh, on Cemetery Road at Norwich and um, and by. Uh, where the Coda Drive is, the Coda bus drop is now. Okay. Um, and you, was it called Hilliard City Schools when you went through it? It was called Sada Darby District City Schools. Even when I started, I think, right, Andy, it was still Sada Darby Schools? It was Sada Darby Schools, yeah. And um, at some point you decided you were going to stay here and raise your family. Um, I did. I don't know if that was... A conscious a sudden decision, conscious or... <laughs> decision, but I had no desire to um, to leave. Uh, Ohio State was on my doorstep, and I went to Ohio State University for journalism school. Um, I applied at OU, but I uh, didn't make the trip down to Athens for that. Uh, and I, I did make a decision to um, to stay here. So. All right. So why journalism school? 
I always enjoyed writing. Um, I have a son, Dominic. He's in the eighth grade at Weaver Middle School. Um, I do want to challenge him to try different things and explore more things um, because writing came to me um, as quite a natural thing, um, be it creative writing. Um, the first thing published, in fact, was in Voice Scholastic Magazine in the eighth grade. Oh, wow. And it was a creative writing assignment. Um, and uh, Scholastic, Voice Scholastic Magazine. And I created a story. I made up a brother I didn't have, called him Frank, I remember. <laughs> and I just made up this story. And I remember writing in that, that this younger brother that didn't exist was bothering me. And I told him, I told him. It would him, have probably happened if it was real. So yeah. <laughs> just FYI. Yeah. I, I told him in the, in the story I made up showing off my geography skills, I guess. I said in the content, why don't you take the next train to California or Arizona or something like that? And the kid goes and does this and I get in trouble for it. So writing was always um, something came naturally, came easy to me, um, and that's why I chose that. Um, did, so. did you write for the school paper? I did. Um, this is Donette Calhoun, who many people out there wow. listening probably know. I, I still talk to her from time to time. Uh, so I was on the Wildcat staff. So she's to blame. Yeah. Um, she <laughs> might be to blame. Um, but I interviewed, I remember some of the stories I did for the Wildcat. Um, Ron Snyder was a new teacher that, you no, know, I did a story on him teaching math and making algebra easy for students. He wasn't a new teacher. but I He did was a good a, teacher if he made algebra easy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but Rick Weiniger came to the district as a new teacher that year, and uh, I don't remember his first name, but it was Mr. Patterson. And I remember doing a story on the new faculty members that joined the district that year. That's a heck of a memory. I do not remember anything I did in so, high school. So you would have graduated in 94? 1988. Uh, 1988, in my math. Yeah, very good. wow. I was trying. I wasn't even close. And, <laughs> what kind of algebra teacher did you have? <laughs> and, and was Davidson High School there then? It was not. I didn't um, think so. Still Hilliard High School? Still Hilliard High School. Uh, the class of 1990 was the last class to graduate uh, from Hilliard High the school. building of 5600 side of Darby. Oh, okay. Which became Weaver Memorial Middle School. Memorial, Memorial right. Middle School immediately after the old memorial. The <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, they passed the campaign. It was called Blue Ribbon Schools for Blue Ribbon Students, I think was the name of it. And that levy went up, I think, in 1988. And, okay. that, and that was a levy that funded building the current Davidson High School. Okay. Um, I went to Beacon Elementary School. Um, I did go to JW Reason for two years. I don't know why. Um, I lived in the same house on Edler Street, and I went to kindergarten. That would have been the 1975, 76 school year. <laughs> I got busted J.W. Reason for the first and second grade, and then back to Beacon uh, okay. for third through sixth grade. And I went to Hillard Middle School. Um, I think I was the second set of students not to go to Britain Junior High, so I just missed. I remember Britain. I just yeah. missed that, and then I had a freshman building. Uh, so Britain Elementary School was a freshman building, and the ninth okay. graders got to go out in the corns of fields of corn out there by themselves. At that point, you thought you were in the middle of. Northwest Ohio, maybe. Oh, yeah. Because uh, it was a two-lane road to Leap Road. Britain Farms didn't exist. And, um, and Davidson would have been two lanes down to Britain Road. So you've seen some so, changes in Hilliard in your lifetime, it is fair to say. Um, yeah, I think that's certainly um, fair to say. Then, then after college, what was your first job at a college? Um, I worked at Ashland Chemical for a summer. Okay. Not many people know that. 
Uh, not many people now know everybody that. does. Uh, yes, <laughs> I was a stringer for this week newspapers and suburban news publications. Uh, so imagine a world where there were competing newspapers. I do re- kind uh, of remember <laughs> with with staffs of you know more than twelve reporters and editors. Uh, so that would have been the summer of nineteen ninety three. Uh, so to, to have a full time job. Um, in addition to the stringing jobs I did for those two papers, I worked at Ashland Chemical, where I made, we made, we poured resin into molds and made um, parts for cars. Not anything, I didn't go to college for that. <laughs> no. Um, but I did that job for that summer. And then was hired uh, by Suburban News Publications. Okay. Uh, and then there was so pretty a quickly, number though. of, yes. Um, well, within six months, there was a full-time opening. Yeah, that's uh, nice. There wasn't even an interview for it, necessarily. Uh, Martin Roseman was the editor of that paper. Uh, the offer, the full-time offer came from that paper first, but they just simply said, you're it. Nice. <laughs> um, was that covering Hilliard then? That or? was not covering Hilliard then. Uh, my early assignments were Southwestern City Schools. I had Reynoldsburg City Schools. Um, I covered the city of Whitehall for... Um, then, but also up until about five years ago, I uh, was assigned also to cover Whitehall. Typically, reporters have two two um, assignments to cover. Are they always that far apart? No, they're not always that far apart. Um, at the time, it was done uh, based on what evenings those cities had for their city council, city council boards meetings, of education. Sure. They try to create the least amount of conflict. Okay. Um, they also tried to couple what was considered a larger beat with a um, smaller one. Okay. Um, so usually had something like Hillary, Dublin, or Westerville, maybe coupled with Bexley, Grandview, Whitehall, or a smaller community. Um, okay. so I didn't cover, I began covering Hilliard in 1999. Okay. So it, it goes back to the last year of Roger Reynolds' um, administration. So what was your first story you did in Hilliard? The, the very first story I did, um, I, I I should have checked. I could have checked my. I could have checked my archives. That's okay. I, I didn't keep my clips from back then, uh, but uh, that was Roger Reynolds' final uh, year in office. So probably the earliest thing I can remember covering was Roger indicating that he wasn't going to run for a sixth term. I think it would have been. Uh, voters had put in tournaments at that point. He was eligible to run for one more term, and he chose not to. So okay. He endorsed Bar Cash uh, to run in 1999, and Bar Cash lost to Tim Ward. So Tim Ward served four years. Four years. From 2000 through 2003. Those Tim Ward years were kind of quiet, right? Oh, <laughs> not really quiet. Um, which, oh, no. As a reporter, I thought some people would sometimes say things were too quiet when Mr. Reynolds was mayor. Uh, lots of things were unanimous votes, and there wasn't lots of discussions about things. Tim Ward comes along and there was lots of discussion about lots of things. Um, The other paper uh, reported on some of that even, uh, picked up on my coverage and followed up on it, some of the rancor that went on in council chambers. I forgot all about the other paper. Uh, That was a title, right? It was a weekly paper called The Other Paper. And Suburban News Publications printed it. Um, Columbus Monthly Magazine is the the start of it. I remember. They took a much more... um, I read that all the time. Yeah. But that was a long time ago, man. Yeah, like 99. Oh, we're so old. But uh, they picked up and did some stories on what was going on in city council chambers in their own unique way. And city council at that time, during the Tim Ward years, had who as their council president? 
Don Schoenhardt was council Schoenhart. president. That's right. Uh, yeah. At some point, Barbara Ashley, I think she was council president during that four-year yeah, term. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Barbara Ashley, Tim Schoen, or uh, Don Schoenhardt, yeah. And then down, Don was president, and then he ran as ran for mayor in 2003, and then he served up until 2016. Recently. Yeah. Yeah. So. so, is it fair to say you've seen some political changes too over? the years that you've covered, Hilliard? Certainly to change the city manager was the That's a pretty big change. change. Yep. Um, and I thought that, I expect that might happen since Dublin and many other cities of comparable size had city managers. So, so only maybe a year with Roger Reynolds, a bunch of years with Don Schoenhardt as mayor, now with a city manager. Mm-hmm. How many um, superintendents would you say you've covered then? Fewer, well, I can do the count, I guess. Reynolds, Schoenhardt, well, Ward. So th- three mayors and one city manager. Uh, Roger Nels was still superintendent when, you when started. I started. Uh, Dale McVeigh succeeded him. John Marshausen after McVeigh, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and and David now Stewart, they yeah. So, so four. Four. See, that's a good thing about Hilliard, though, is that we do have people that come in and stay and put in a bunch of years. So... Give us some of the big stories that you remember. Um, big stories or memorable stories. Sure, either one. Um, the fairgrounds, has, the Franklin County Fairgrounds has been a, a point for a, a few stories. Uh, one I do remember is the grandstand fire. Uh, the, the, the original grandstands, must have, those must have been 65 or 75 years old. And um, what year was that? Burned to the ground, October 18th, 2000. Okay. I looked the exact date up, and it was October 18th in the year 2000. Was anybody injured in that? Nobody was injured. Um, the the grandstands, I learned, or was told, had been treated with something called creso, I think is what they told me, which I guess is a flammable object, I think it was, or flammable substance. I think it was used to reduce uh, the moisture and wood that cause it from warping, I yeah. think. They use that in railroad ties. That's the oily stuff that that makes wood last longer. But it is flammable. I don't know. I don't recall what ignited or caused the fire, other than something maybe electrical. Um, I think there was some wiring in the bottom of the fairgrounds at that um. point to run. I think they uh, there was there was some personal property that was stored under there. I think maybe the fair board had rented for, rented for people to use for storage. In any event, that caught fire pretty close to 5 p.m. Uh, there was uh, helicopters already in the air to do traffic reports for the TV stations, and the reports came there was a large fire in Hilliard. Uh, so it, it was well known pretty quickly. I, at the time, lived at an apartment um, at Main Street and Luther Lane, right across from the Heritage Club, and I was talking uh, with a neighbor outside, and this is something else to think about. This was 22 years ago. We, with our cell phones now, would instantly know whatever's Absolutely. going on. Absolutely. Instantly. Instantly. So I don't know this is quite going on yet, but my mother sees it. Mr. A mother looking out for her son's story as a reporter. So she tries <laughs> to call me. Kevin, there's a fire at the fairgrounds. She wanted you to break the story she first. Break the story yeah. first. <laughs> so I didn't answer it right away on that particular time because oftentimes she was calling to report less pressing things. <laughs> Uh, so I didn't answer that second. What? Kids ignore their parents <laughs> as they get older? This is going to be new to me. Your mom's going to listen to this. <laughs> My mom will hear this. She will. She will. And 
maybe she'll remember that phone call. So I didn't answer the phone right away. Uh, meanwhile, uh, there was just equipment pouring uh, north on Hilliard Rome Road, uh, you know, Columbus, uh, Perry Township maybe. And I'm, and I'm beginning, to, it's beginning to, I'm beginning to realize there's really something, there's something going on here. And you can see the column go up from the fairgrounds. So I do get in my car, I drive down there. And uh, obviously, big scene, lots of equipment. And I jump out of the car and I just go to where the fire is. And, and someone grabbed me. Columbus, Columbus. Flash your press badge. Didn't have a press badge at oh. the time. And maybe I thought I was better known than I might really happen <laughs> because I didn't get far before. Um, Columbus, I believe it was a Columbus firefighter. Where do you think you're going? And before I could explain, someone you know, touches my shoulder. I got him. It's okay. And it was Paul Gritson Taylor, <laughs> um, captain. I think captain at the time of the Norwich Fire nice. Department. He said, nice. "I know who he is. I, I, I got him. I got him." So he said, "I'll give you two minutes for pictures. Come around this way." By this time, there wasn't much left, actually. Oh, yeah. um, and I think there was some. Um, I would hear people say, "Well, it was right behind the fire station." How'd it burn down on? Right. How'd it burn down? It is literally right behind the <laughs> but, fire station. Um, uh, but uh, Paul lived on um, Hamilton Road, I think it was, but his backyard faced the track and the fairgrounds. Hamilton Road, I think that is, he lived on. Uh, so he had pictures. He actually, this picture, um, if I brought it, um, he took that and let us use it. Pictures don't make good podcasts, uh, so just to let you know. I know. <laughs> I know. But the fire was inside the grandstand uh, before it got out into the back. It wasn't as visible oh, uh, yeah, from the back sure. of the fairgrounds as it was from the front of the grandstand. Uh, so, so he didn't um, see it right Once away. it got the gulf of air, he saw it right away, but once it got a good gulf of air, uh, that seven-year-old structure was yeah. short for life. Um, so it burned pretty quick. You you mentioned that we didn't have cell phones back then. I imagine we had flip. Phones. We had cell phones and flip phones, but, but I got my first one in 90, the immediacy of knowing ninety seven maybe ninety six of knowing things happened. Yeah. But yeah, in your long career as a reporter, and it it has been a long career now. Um, it started out on a type Royal typewriter or not a typewriter. Um, I did buy an electric typewriter from Service Merchandise on West Broad Street. Yeah. Um, Smith Corona electric typewriter, and I used that in Mrs. Calhoun's class, um, and and we would um, type things out. So I did use a typewriter. Um, when I first started with Suburban News, we had a system called Atex, A-T-E-X, and I did have to go into the office um, and write the story um, on a computer with a green screen. Looks like something from from War Games, and uh, <laughs> I, I would type on that, and then it would go into the server. Uh, uh, probably by I'd say by 2010, I could work from home um, okay. pretty consistently. So this whole work from home thing that COVID happened, and there's all these I, second I did, nature. I didn't get you, that man. humor yeah. because I was already working from home, I'm out in the field, but. I was able to send my stories, send my pictures. I could send everything in from home, from home because we yep. had we had the um, software that allowed me to do that. I didn't nice. have to go in the office to do it. Um, but but the immediacy of reporting things um, that that's certainly something that um, changed for me. Uh, working for what was a weekly, what at the time was a weekly print paper with no internet presence. Uh, certainly early in my career, I did not have the immediacy of. This story has to be filed right now, breaking news sort of thing. Right. No matter what it was, I had several days to file that and, and actually write it differently. Um, yeah. So 
the nature of writing that would not be from the breaking news standpoint, but but a summary of what the reaction was to what happened, or, sure. or, or what the fallout was from what happened, as opposed to reporting only what happened. Uh, so I have transitioned and learned as I went along um, how, how to report things. The same story gets presented as breaking news, and then it's a second day story, and so on. So there's different ways I report the same story now across the spectrum of, of our print vehicle still and and our website. No, um, I guess that's a good point. I guess yeah. you would, you would um, have a different way. Well, reporting in general for everybody's has changed, changed, right? It's, it's, uh, uh, certainly that has. Are, are newspapers going to die eventually? <laughs> print, print papers... Maybe so. Um, I mean, at least print papers as a way to get breaking news. I think that might happen. What What's it like competing against, I don't know, almost anybody who has a phone can go out and shoot a video and upload it and break the news? Or Like, I, I, I'm, I watch Citizen apps sometimes just because it's hilarious. And people will upload video or they'll be sitting there, like, live. You can watch an accident happening down the street almost live. Um, so is there any kind of competition that you feel with that? or? I don't think it's competition. Um, it, it frustrates me sometimes that journalism isn't considered as professional, noble maybe, uh, as, as maybe it once was. Um, certainly That's pe- fair. Certainly people can say they practice journalism. and. I don't think they do. I mean, there were people in the Capitol building of insurrection trying to cite, I'm here as a reporter covering this and I'm protected. Um, anybody with the equipment that you have now um, can certainly um, put news out there. And, and I don't look at that a lot, so I can't speak to its, um, I can't speak to how accurate, how well it's done, but certainly people can practice as a journalist and be able to broadcast and reach an audience that they couldn't have decades ago because you only had TV stations and print right. presses to do that and the owners of those would limit, would hire <clears throat> their reporters and broadcasters. So certainly you didn't have as many people in the world acting as sharers of news. For sure. Well, especially with the, with the television news, um, it's turned into entertainment and it's gotten to be less journalism and and I guess I I don't even and more know. opinion than exactly. really like it's, news. And it's it's hard to find good balanced information that you can trust on TV anymore. I agree with that. I've said that um, pretty often that now it's entertainment and not necessarily news. Um, I'm not quite old enough to have regularly watched Walter Conkright and those sorts of people, but I don't know that was necessarily entertainment. Um, what they did, Ed Murrow and people like that. Um. Well, one of my favorite things to notice about Hilliard and that has changed is, and I'm going to go back to 2009. I remember a fight over a mural in old Hilliard of, of a sunflower. And... As a city, we have certainly changed since then. So that was something you covered, if I remember right. Because this, like, made news that there was a painting on the side of a private home of, of a sunflower. Tell me that story of what you remember. Kelly Daniel uh, painted a sunflower on the uh, top of the 
garage uh, at the house where uh, Kelly and Ed live on Madison Street, Madison Street. And apparently it was too many colors and too colorful and Old Hilliard, um, old, the Old Hilliard district, separate and apart from the rest of it, right. had some tighter regulations on number of colors on the outdoor uh, buildings. So she was made to, uh, to remove that. Um, about a, several weeks later, maybe a month later, Ed was out there covering it with plywood. Uh, and it stayed covered um, for 10 years, I guess it yeah. was. And I'm not quite sure why it took as many years as it did, but uh, Kelly, Daniel went to city council or city officials, and eventually uh, they created the uh, Public Arts Commission, and a commission, the first mural, and now we're seeing uh, large everywhere. murals everywhere. Um, the first that was commissioned was the mural on the back of Odie's uh, that was painted uh, with the train station. It's beautiful. Train station. I love it. Uh, I do, too. Uh, and you can see that uh, if you're in the Center Street Market. You can yeah. see both murals. You can see Absolutely. the mural on the back of Odie's and the other mural further down Center that was Street. Just that was just of... finished uh, this spring yep. on the Civic and Cultural Arts Center. I love and, that, too. And uh, there'll be more. Um, apparently, the bakery on Main Street, um, the old Hilliard Baking the station, Hillard Station Baking Company, yeah. uh, received a grant uh, to explore nice. uh, doing a mural. Uh, that maybe that'll be on the side of that building that faces the Chase Bank parking lot. I think there's a wall you could put a mural there. And the what are they like boxes that we are having traffic painted? Traffic boxes. The traffic boxes. Yep. They're being painted with sunflowers. Eight different ones with more to come. This makes so, me very happy as a citizen okay. to see. I should, we should say that Kelly is still very active and uh, um, dedicates her time to the Public Arts Commission still. And uh, Well, she did a great job on her mural. Yep. So helping beautify Hilliard, make it look better. Well, there so. you go, folks. That was big controversy a couple <laughs> years back. Um, tell us about another fun story that you remember or an interesting story that you remember. Uh, jumping back to the fairgrounds, um, the year after the fire... They, uh, there was an event called Cruise Fest um, that was held there. And that attracted um, lots of hot rods and uh, tents and uh, it was kind of noisy, kind of loud. I uh, didn't come back again after that. <laughs> um, uh, traffic, again, I lived on Luther Lane and Main Street, so there, there was a traffic jam, a steady stream of uh, cars flowing from the south um, uh, down Hillard Rome Road north to the fairgrounds. I just do not remember that. That was 2002? 2002. 2002. And just, it was a, a three-day event, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Um, and I recall there was a, there was a cord camera. Um, I still shot film back then. There's another thing. Yeah. I ah, had <laughs> film back then. I remember film. And uh, so I took some pictures there that day. I guess it was a Saturday, the, the middle day of the event. And they had a contest for ladies uh, that contest for came ladies to resemble what? something you might see at spring break at party gras or spring oh, break oh okay so um, i took some pictures of course Evan, they weren't they couldn't be published i was going to uh, ask are they <laughs> yes there there are women who had no tops on not in hilliard in hilliard at cruise fest <laughs> So I explained that, uh, stammering and stuttering to the people at court camera, uh, 
wondering, am I in trouble? This, this hey, was journalism. This is protected speech. <laughs> this is protected speech. So as I'm stammering and stuttering about what might be on this uh, camera roll, he simply pointed and said, put it there with the rest of them. Yeah. And, You're not the only one that took pictures uh, at Curtis Fest, buddy. <laughs> yeah, so there were lots of those. Uh, there was also a run on, like I did hear, uh, they sold out disposable cameras and film. That's hilarious. Uh, the 7-Eleven was, uh, was out of bottled water, <laughs> pop, beer, things of that nature. Um, uh, so that and you was, covered it all. You know, I, I just wrote that the, the event happened, the police weren't very pleased that it had been staged, and they really would be okay if they didn't come back next year. Um, and, and it didn't. Um, I, I, don't, I don't know if that was the only reason why or if it was not received as well or if it, I don't know if it made or didn't make money for the promoters. Sure. But, uh, but the event, the event wasn't, uh, wasn't back again. And I didn't look to see if it ever showed up anywhere else or, or remained an event anywhere else. Well, sounds like we got at least an exciting couple days in Hilliard over it. <laughs> As a, as a longtime resident and somebody that's occupation has been reporting on what, what goes on in Hilliard, what do you see as the positives or the good things about Hilliard's growth? And then also, what, what would you like to have seen it do differently as it grew? That's a real reporter's question Like most cities, uh, the, the, the school districts um, are wonderful, and that's what attracts people. That's what attracts people to come here. Um, so, so you're saying the school board members is what's made the biggest difference, is what I'm hearing. The school board members, <laughs> and, I, and, and I think the teachers. I, I think the teachers. I, yeah, uh, of course. Well, I was totally kidding. The teachers can obviously. reach the students that they reach um, at, at, at the student level in those buildings. Uh, the, the support they have and the attention they give to social well-being, which is often mentioned, uh, particularly the the, 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 the the effect on students during the pandemic. Without um, a doubt. I think that that's a wonderful thing. That did not exist uh, when I went through schools. Um, only by example um, do I share um, that my father died when I was in the fifth grade. And there was just not the structure at, at any district. Sure, I, I don't right, think, it was, right. Uh, to, to, to give that student support beyond the humanic sympathy you would give to any student. Um, now there is a um, level of support um, for those sorts of things. Um, um, and, and that and the academic excellence, um, I think is what makes your schools um, as successful uh, as they are. Um, a quality of life, uh, the amenities we have, um, I, I, th I think speak well. Um, I don't think the traffic issues in Hilliard are unique to Hilliard. Um, this exists in other cities as much as people want to. It still makes me mad the traffic. Day, the traffic's bad. Um, you know, certainly there are people who will say they preferred Hilliard when it was a farming community, but um, I don't think you can be in Franklin County and, and no, necessarily stay that way. That's true. Um, so um, roundabouts cause some consternation, but I'm okay with roundabouts. Man, once everyone has learned to use them, they're great. Um, I hate lights. I had a so longtime Hilliard resident who I hadn't seen in many years um, come up to me at Wicked after Wicked was over it. When I oh, was yeah, at the, you just when went. When I was at the play, yeah. And, and yelled at me about roundabouts and said she won't go downtown because she won't drive through roundabouts. And I said, wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're not that hard. They are not that hard. <laughs> so. Okay, what's, give us one thing you miss. 
that used to be here and isn't here anymore. Hmm. Maybe that could be a business. It could be a business, of course. Um, what do I miss? Did you have any good pizza places here that we don't have anymore? Um, Hillary's pretty well known for pizza places. I know. Uh, we've had quite a few come and go, um, including the first place I worked, Don Gino's Pizza. Don Gino's. Tell uh, us about that. There's a story I can tell about that. Um, I, did, I did a story maybe five years after that. Um, Don Gino's no longer than that, ten years after that, where I compared the different pizza places there were. But my first job was Don Gino's Pizza. I took a job there in 1985. And where was it located? Uh, 5068 Cemetery Road. How about that? Um, it became Gatto's That's Pizza. That's crazy. You remember the address. <laughs> it became Gatto's Pizza after that for two years. Okay. It was Icono's Pizza for a very okay. long time. And now it's... Just until it became Massey's yeah, Pizza. Yeah, now it's Massey's. Only this okay. spring did it become Massey's Pizza. So where the old I Icono's was. I didn't realize Gatto's had a store in Hilliard. I know there was... Some of that family lives in Hilliard, but... They do? I didn't know that. Yeah. They yeah. only had it for two years. Um, the original Gatto's Pizza is on High Street. It just uh, in, moved, in Clinton, by the way. It did. Just it just moved. moved. It moved <laughs> I only year. know that from the pizza connoisseurs of Columbus page yes. on Facebook. Yeah. So the Gatto's Pizza that was in Clintonville, uh, the family wanted, I think what they wanted to do, I was 15 years old, mind you, or 16 years old, but I think they wanted to try a restaurant that had tables. Because oh, sure. The one in Clintonville yeah. is takeout only. It's just a, a oven and... Here's your pizza. Uh, so they tried that, uh, and they didn't stay there. So perhaps I don't. It, it could have been a lease, I suppose. Maybe it was. Maybe if they leased it, maybe the lease was too much, or maybe they thought um, they didn't want to do the sure. serving yeah. restaurant deal anymore. Uh, but it was only there for two years, and then it became Iconos. Okay, so it was Don Gino's before so, that. Don Gino's before that. I don't know what year it opened as Don Gino's, uh, but it was a Don Gino's pizza in 1985. Uh, the owner was Don Gabriel. Um, his wife's name was Jane. Um, they oh, each, well, that's cute. They, uh, th- that's Don Gino's. They lived in the Hilliard Arms Apartments uh, yeah, right next sure. to where Lawson's used to be. Uh, which wow. I bought baseball cards at Lawson's. Uh, <laughs> uh, so my first job was there. And um, summer of 1985. Um, so for Don Gabriel, who owned this, um, this was his retirement gig. I had no idea. Uh, Don Gabriel, uh, who only, he passed away about five years ago, four or five years ago, at I think almost 90 years old. Wow. And he was in radio. He was a radio broadcaster uh, in Cleveland. I didn't know that um, until I read it um, in his obituary. Uh, so that was his retirement gig. He retired from radio and uh, opened his pizza shop. So he hired, um, I remember his name, uh, he was probably in his late uh, 20s, uh, and he was in the National Guard. Uh, had a wife and a couple young kids also in Hillard Arms and he was like the manager of the store so um, so one summer day uh, he left in pursuit and you had to go drive to do this he drove he was gone for about an hour and a half and in the summer of 85 Playboy magazine had pictures of Madonna (laughs) I didn't see it going that way black and white pictures (laughs) I know Okay, I remember Madonna was in Playboy. I, I definitely remember this being an issue in 85. I was 12, mind you, but I do kind of remember this. Apparently, these pictures were taken, they were black and white pictures, and I think they had some sort of Eastern European, Eastern Bloc feel to them. 
So, so are you saying he had to leave the left Hilly to find a plane? He, he, <laughs> yes, exactly, Andy. This, Did they leave you in charge the whole time? They left, they left two people there. They left myself and an 18-year-old from the high school uh, who worked there also. Um, and, uh, I'm going to have to change our rating on this episode. Yeah. Uh, he was the son of a uh, police lieutenant at the police department, and he, he also worked at Don Gino's. But, uh, but he, he was gone an hour and a half. The aforementioned manager uh, left uh, to drive to multiple places to find that. Um, and he came back. Here it is. Uh, so that's but, hilarious. That's yeah. a, that is a funny memory. A, there you go. There's a that's a, a straight Hilliard memory. You couldn't buy it in Hilliard. Um, Had to get outside the city. To, he would drive me home when the shift was over. But he also wanted to stop at the J&D Food Mart sometimes to play Pac-Man. Oh, yeah. There you go. Put the quarters in the Pac-Man machine. So there's something else. That I always played Pac-Man at Pizza Hut. <laughs> That's great. Um, Kevin, appreciate you coming on with us yeah, today. It was great having you here. Um, got a, a lot of good stories, a lot of good Hilliard history. We appreciate it. Um, you almost seem like an institution in this town. No I kidding. Mean, you've been writing since since I've been in town. You've been on the Hilliard beat. So um, we appreciate you coming, and thanks for stopping by. Yeah, it was Thank great you. having you here. Thanks, Heather. Thanks, Andy.